This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. From Chicken What Thanksgiving freestyles from the dome of my top. Look at the passes, yo, they are roughing. Dallas Cowboys are playing better than stuffing. And nothing of this, yo, I feel so wavy. I like a sweet potato casserole and some gravy. Please give healthy Cowboys, make some noise. Trick Carlisle in the house, oh boy. Can't see Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. That was the lyrical stylings of world-famous actor, world-famous DJ, Mavs superfan, and potentially sad soccer fan. I'm not sure. It is our friend Flula. Good morning, sir. Good mo- Well, terrible morning, as you know. Just some seconds ago, the sadness occurred on the pitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to... I. I thought you might be coming on after a Germany victory. How invested are you in the World Cup, and what did you think of this match? It made me want to become a referee so I could stop the match at 71 minutes. Therefore, we would have won. Instead, we lost, and it was sad. It was like uh, the Germans were wearing actual lederhosen. What was happening? <sighs> what are? Do you think they're done for, or can they rebound in the group stage and still make it to the knockout round? I think just like Charles Barkley or Dennis Rodman, we can definitely rebound. I'm not so concerned. We have two more matches. We can do this. Okay. I There's a lot of stuff to get to. I just want to tell you right now, my little three-month-old baby, Noah, is sitting on my lap while we do this interview. So he is getting to hear you as well. Hello, Noah. Be sure to uh, empty your bowels on your dad's pants. (laughs) (laughs) He is definitely very, very good at that. Now, I think we should start with the... Oh, we've got Derek Holland from the Rangers here as well. So we have an all-star cast now that you're here for our annual Peace-a-thon. This is wonderful. Oh, hello, Derek Lane Holland. I hope you're doing great. <laughs> he said my full name. Yeah. I'm doing fantastic. I got, I got something for you. Uh, Ikaba Dershva. Oh, nee. And you, you know who else does? Noah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah. I have diarrhea. Okay. Oh, right. no. We're kind of open. You know, fingers crossed there, Flula. Well, for people, I, I know... <laughs> I did not anticipate that. Very well done across the board. Is I know Thanksgiving, family time for a lot of folks, but if some people got some free time, would you recommend they make their way to Peacock to check out the brand new Pitch Perfect movie that I do believe dropped today with you? 
Absolutely. Please immediately download, install Peacock, start watching the show, and just let it, you don't have to watch it directly, let it watch on the background, like a NASCAR race, or perhaps, who knows, like Wimbledon, I don't care. Just eat your stuffings and gravies and watch the show. Now is, is and then replay it again. Yeah, maybe absolutely. Yeah. Is 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 this is Thanksgiving a uh, a holiday that Germany sees too as well? How does this work for you? Well, for me, I love a thing called calories, okay. and so for me personally, this is my favorite holiday in the history of holidays because it's like the excuse to just put all of the tasty things directly in my mouth over and over and over again. Well, as we continue to Americanize you, don't you feel like we already kind of do that as a country? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but this time it's like a good idea, you know, and it's delicious. Yes, absolutely. It is delicious time. Even the turkey. Do you feel like we could come up with a better main dish for Thanksgiving than turkey? Turkey is a vehicle for cranberry sauce. So if you're out of spoons, just use the turkey to feed those cranberries down your gullet. But yes, if you if you have a spoon, you can skip the turkey. <laughs> if you have a spoon, you can. That's, that's all a, you need. That's the approach. I mean, you can get potatoes with the mashed potatoes with your spoon. You can get the gravy. You get everything. You don't need the turkey, Kevin. That's a good point. That's correct. Is, I bring a, oh, I bring a spork everywhere I go. Yeah, that's is, a good ju- choice. Are the cranberries and the cranberry sauce, is that your number one Thanksgiving food then? And if not, what is number one? Number one is something called sweet potato casserole. If you put this into a blender and just fed it to me every morning, I would, like Noah, deliver very nice goods onto your lap. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is, he's a, yeah, Noah's is vocal. I don't know if that came across he is on vocal air, baby, but, but he's, a, he's a very awesome vocal baby, and we appreciate that. Flula, the, can you explain, were you always a singer? Like, did you always know you could sing? We always, we all knew that you're multi-talented, but I didn't know, are you doing your singing stunts or is somebody else doing those singing stunts for you? I'm just concerned, can you trade, it sounds like there's a pterodactyl in your studio. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he likes it when you walk around with him and I am not capable of walking away from mm. the mic right now. That's and right. so that got upset. <laughs> and then some, okay. somebody asked, my wife took a picture and said, hey, please post that picture of Noah crying with Kevin. Nice. That, that is very sad I like for that. me. I like that. Yeah. No. Uh, were, you, are, were you always a singer or did this like did you have to take some vocal lessons? How did this work for you? You know, there's some magical things called auto-tune and producers. Any of us can get in the booth and just lay down some things. And if a man or woman knows how to use software, you can sound like Beyonce. <laughs> the, uh, I was watching uh, a, a, uh, a little clip of them asking y'all who said what on the show. And you nailed it almost every time. Who was the, who's the, the, the favorite person to work with on the Pitch Perfects? Oh, I would think it's um, Norm from Cheers was very fun to work with. (laughs) Sorry, I can tell you, I have forgotten every moment on set, as you can tell, because what happens is I eat food, I perform, then I go home and sleep. I'm like that men in black scene where they have that pen and they shine it in your face and Will Smith is like, do you remember? And then I say, no, I don't remember anything. Okay, always working for more. Mm -hmm. Now, I got to ask you a question. We're concerned that Luca watches too much soccer and that has inspired some of his flopping and complaining. Okay, well, let's just say, I was watching some highlights of LeBron flopping. This flopping thing has spread, okay? Everyone is doing it. And number two, if you can get 50 triple doubles and you're what, he's not even 24, I say flop and flip, make yourself a flapjack. Who cares? (laughs) 
That's fair. <laughs> so do you think LeBron is like patient zero for spreading the flopping across the NBA then? Well, no, it came from Europe, let's be honest, and I apologize in advance for this. But if you're the best player in the world and you also do it, of course. It's like when my really cool cousin started wearing those nice shoes, then everyone was wearing Birkenstocks. <laughs> that's where it started. That's where it started. Oh, who knew? I, who knew? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that it was Vlade, Kevin. I'm gonna I think Vlade yes. was the first flopper I ever saw. Oh, Vlade Dotty, we like the party and flop. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Now, all right. So we first talked to you, obviously, after the German Moses and several other great things with the Mavericks. Are you as attuned now, and what is your love level for Luca? I think Luca is am- No one, of course, can top uh, Dirk. Like, Dirk is number one in the town, in the history, in the universe. But if you're going to pick a second person that is also incredibly sassy and dope, it's Luca. Mm-hmm. Luca can do all the things. It's like you put a blender on and then you throw Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Dirk Krovitsky, and Fat Lever. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> yes. That would not have been my guess for the third one, but that makes sense. It's a good have, option. Have you gotten to meet Luca? I have not. I have viewed him on screens as we do everyone, but I would very much like to meet him, uh, give him a high five, and then just observe his dopeness. That man can pass like he's got 18 ears all over his body. I mean, eyes. Corn, what's happening? I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are definitely hungry. <laughs> and, you know, we He's going to watch Pitch Perfect just over <laughs> and over just eating food today. We did we Correct. did we were lucky enough to introduce you to Dirk the first time. Maybe maybe the next time you come in town we can get that visit with Lucas set up for you. Does that sound like it could work out? I would love this. You know, sequels are always great. I mean, Terminator 2, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, I would love this. Yes, absolutely. Okay, since you mentioned Die Hard, I do feel like we need your definitive opinion after Thanksgiving. Do you believe Die Hard is a Christmas movie? I believe, who cares? It's the dopest movie ever made. It's all—it's an Easter movie, a Christmas movie, a Hanukkah movie. I watch this movie all the time, so I guess the answer is yes. Also, there are jingle bells. The entire soundtrack is a man just hitting a jingle bell. So, yeah, Christmas. Yes, that's a great point. We recently had Dirk on. He did say hi to you. He said, what's up to Flula while he was on with us. Uh, But also at that time, uh, we asked we asked him if he thought Kevin could defeat a kangaroo in tennis because Kevin Kevin claims that he could defeat a kangaroo in tennis. Six oh six oh. Do you think that Kevin can beat a kangaroo in tennis? Uh, What is inside the kangaroo's pouch? Food. Other tennis balls. Obviously, that's where they store them. Oh, that's a violation. Kevin wins. Yeah! I'll take a default victory. That's totally fine. Now, Flula, I think you can help us with our auction, 1053thefan.com slash peaceathon. We have an autographed basketball from Dirk, autographed Luca jerseys, an autographed mini basketball from Luca. How much money do you think these items should go for? Uh, I would say uh, priceless, you know, like uh, saving 15 minutes on your car insurance or whatever. Yeah, Put all the money down and buy the Sell your crypto if you still have it. Buy one of these balls. <laughs> Did you stay away from crypto, Flula? Of course not. Of course not. I was bitten by this bug as well. Mm. Was it Tom Brady? Was it Matt Damon? Like, who swung <laughs> you over to the crypto side? Oh, it was my stupid cousin who wore those Birkenstocks 10 years ago. <laughs> They hit that trend. Yeah. You figured it got to be in the right direction. Yep, that's the way to go. On that's it. why he has to work so hard. Uh-huh. He needs to make up some of that Always money for the crypto. Some, yeah, for the crypto. And more Birkenstocks, obviously. How are you feeling? 
we're kind of frustrated around here right about now over Jason Kidd's usage of Christian Wood. How do you think that will come together, and what do you think about Jason Kidd as a coach? Jason Kidd is amazing. He can pass. Look, he was playing with Jamal Mashburn and Jim Jackson, and they were still fun to watch. Let's just give this man some time. That's a great point. The three J's era back in the early to mid nineties. Hey, uh, Odell was out in uh, in L.A. last year. He was uh, he was playing for the Rams. The Cowboys are trying to acquire this person, this player, and trying to get him on this team. Do you think he will be helpful to the Cowboys and Dak Prescott? All I want you to say is, let's call Emmett Smith. Where is he? I want to watch him just run that tasty ball down the throats of other players. Why are you not playing Emmett Smith more? Is my question. That's a valid question, Kevin. Okay, well, I'll have to catch you up later. He's an all-time about... leading rusher. Why wouldn't you play him? Man, I did not know your affinity for 90s Metroplex sports <laughs> with Emmett Smith, Jamal Mashford, and Jim Jackson references. That is amazing. As always, Flula, so many people are texting in, talking about how much they love you, want to give you the opportunity if there's anything else you want to plug or say or anything else we're skipping over that we need to talk about. Let's, uh, everyone, thank you. Have a very wonderful Thanksgiving. Eat all the delicious calories and you rock Dallas. I shall see you soon. I don't know when, but soon is the answer. Mm. Thanks, Flula. Thank you very much, good sir. You're the best, Flula. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, did oh, you cut, cut him off? Larry, you cut off Lula, dude. You cut him off? He was he was actually wow. giving me a cool message. You he cut was, him off more than Kevin cuts off Jerry Jones. That is a fair point. <laughs> it felt like he was about to say, you're the best, Derek. He was going to actually say, you're the best, Derek Lane Holland. Yeah. He was oh, on a full name basis. He was going to say that. We're and new best friends. Diarrhea in German. That was a thing <laughs> that has happened during our charity show. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we will have Brian brought us in studio. We add him to our aggressive campaign to get Darren Woodson in the Hall of Fame. Let's do it. We'll do it next right here on the fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. We're right at about $2,000 worth of donations thus far to my possibilities. I know people are all about the bidding, and I appreciate that to no end. If you want to donate money as well, that would be fantastic. 105ThroughTheFan.com slash Peaceathon. We welcome into the studio Brian Broadus. Morning, sir. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. You've already, you've already been working, even though we haven't heard it just quite yet. Yeah, no, I tell you what, I appreciate you guys throwing me into the mix. I know you guys got something coming up later with that. Mike and I did a little little side work there, got some things done, really enjoyed that. So, you want to tease that? That's yeah, Zach so Lowe. coming up next, NBA senior 
insider for basketball, NBA genius, Zach Lowe, is coming up. So we'll figure out some more of this math stuff. But yeah, I need you to help me figure this out. I think we've discussed this before. They put out the Hall of Fame semifinalists. My guy Darren Woodson on that list? Once again, Darren Woodson yeah. is on the list. I think it's rude how they map this list out, Kevin. Darren Woodson, because of position, is at the bottom of the list. Oh, it's an alphabetical? It's, oh, okay. Okay, then. We need to change his name. Okay. He needs to be at the top of the list. So, also disrespectful, NFL.com's Adam Rank put together a ranking. He'll struggle ranking at times. Uh, yes, he, he will. He has Darren Woodson as 14th on the uh, list of worthy Hall of Famers. Adam hadn't watched much football, I don't think. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, oh, no. I, I mean, Adam's probably a nice guy. I'll just say this, because I am far older than anybody in this room. I saw Darren Woodson play. I think we've all kind of seen him play and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I was part of the process that scouted him at Arizona State, saw his collegiate career. He is, he's my favorite player that I've ever been around and favorite player that I've ever watched play. Why has that not translated to the voters? Because it seems like... I. He won. They won the Super Bowl three times. Yeah, four time first team All Pro, five time Pro Bowler. Yeah. Is he on the All Decade team? And that's the problem. Yeah. I think he played in an era though too, where they started to get the guys like the Ed Reeds and the Troy Polamalos and guys like that. You know, uh, Ronnie Lott was kind of towards the end right there. And but yeah, I mean, you know, there was a there was a really a, a bad bias towards safeties for a long time. Every one of those guys I named. You know, or, or very capable, say, you know, Charles Woodson going to play safety later yeah. in his career and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Woodson, you know, there's there's been guys that there just hasn't been a lot of love for safeties in the Hall of Fame, and you're starting to see a little bit more of that. But, I mean, I, I just challenge anybody to go watch. Go back and watch Darren Woodson play. Go watch all the things that he did during a game. Darren Woodson also played on the special teams. Darren Woodson never came off the field. I can't tell you how many times I sat there on the sidelines of the game, Packers and Cowboys. I'm like, this guy's killing us. And then he's covering kicks, mm-hmm. you know? And you're like going, wait a minute. He just had like three tackles on that last series. Now he's covering, now he's doing this, now he's doing that. And you're like going, what the hell? It- and if there was somebody in, in our stuff off field, you know, I've had a great chance to sure. talk to him off field too. If there's somebody that I was going to say, here, carry this NFL shield around because you're yeah. the perfect representative for it, that's the guy. Like, he, he was, on and off the field. I, I feel I felt so sorry for him the latter part of his career when I finally got with him in the early 2000s and he was still playing at a high level and we just didn't put enough great players around him. And so he was having to carry team, And they did. I mean, those Cowboy teams, you look at the records, it wasn't the defense's fault in a lot of those. Yeah. A lot of those I mean, Darren Woodson still played at a – very high level and, and and played with a lot of class. And we lost two safeties when he retired. We lost Darren Woodson and Roy Williams. Yeah, that's the thing. That, no, 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 you're absolutely right, Mike. I mean, that was the thing about it was there was when that's the one thing that Darren Woodson was able to do. He was able to convey how to play the game and then where to line up and who to go cover when needed to be on the field. And that's the thing that I still can't wrap my mind around about the 90s Cowboys teams is how did how did the voters think these teams were so good? Like I know yeah. Troy Emmett and Michael got in, but we have the greatest offensive line of all time. They're like, all right, you can have one guy. Well, there's when I know when I first started in the league in '92, there was a lot of the writers who voted on the Hall of Fame were from 
Pittsburgh. Yeah. And and so you and, and you had that bias towards those writers grew up watching those great Steeler yeah. teams play. And then all of a sudden there became the bias of, you know, the Cowboys the last Super Bowl win was against the Steelers. Yeah. So you you have that oh, wow, it, yeah. it was a legitimate bias in the room. I mean, and there were people like, you know, the Rick Goslins of the world who had to step up and say, listen, you you guys have got to figure this out. Just because you're all writers born in Pittsburgh doesn't mean that every single Pittsburgh Steeler needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I wanted to run through this list and see maybe where the appropriate ranking is. Because I'm not saying Darren Woodson has to be number one. This is how Adam Rank has it. You guys can mark down how many beefs you have with being ahead of Darren Woodson for the Hall of Fame. Number one, he has Devin Hester. Man, that's okay. That's just being kind of a he's now okay. Rank is a Chicago Bear fan. Okay, oh, if you know yeah. this, okay. So he grew up watching Hester, or he's working and watching Hester. So that's that's a little bias there, right there. But he's, you know, this is this is trying to be unique and trying to be different. I have nothing against Devin Hester because he is an absolute weapon the way that he played. But that is a little bias right there. I think I believe Joe Thomas. Okay, I was going to say I think the next two, Joe Thomas and Darrell Revis, I I can live with. Yeah. Darrell Revis, to me, when you look at his situation, I mean, they they called it Revis Island for a reason. He he his ability to walk outside and cover anybody, and he you know he played in a time too where you know you with a you know you, you play up tight, you play close, you stay with guys, you run with guys, you knock down passes. I mean, he was he was one of the best at doing that. What about Patrick Willis? He's an interesting case just because he only played Longevity. eight years. Yeah, but he was awesome in those eight years yeah I you know he was another one of those guys where it seemed like he was going to make every single tackle when he played but we've had some guys that have gotten in the hall of fame with a short career Terrell Davis Terrell Davis is the best example of that Steve Smith senior to me Darren Woodson is absolutely a hall of famer ahead of Steve Smith Steve Smith did a lot for the little short guy that was the receiver though I mean he was extremely tough very strong very strong I remember watching him play at Utah when he came out and all that surprised he went in the third round I'm like, man, they stole one right there. But yeah, I, I would say that Darren Woodson, when you start to talk about the impact of the game, he would be ahead of Steve Smith for me. James Harrison and Demarcus Ware. Okay, Demarcus Ware, now that's the one that I think would be over the others yeah. right there. I mean, I and Harrison, I mean, he was, man, you talk about a physical point of attack player that was mean, nasty, all those things. But I think the impact that what you saw with with Ware, uh, you know, when we were talking about Ware, that was my final draft with the Cowboys in 05. Everything that was said about him in that draft, you know, even though there was a fight between Parcells and the staff about who was going to go, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it was really, it, it came down to, hey, this guy, he can live up to everything that we talked about, and he surely did. I can't believe he wasn't a first-time Hall of Famer. I thought I for sure Demarcus either. Ware was an easy, as soon as he was on the well, ballot. And this list in. even has him seven. See, this is the thing about it is, too, but at least these voters now have got to see him play. This is yeah. not trying to evaluate somebody that played like in 1970s, yeah. like trying to get Harvey Martin in. You know, it, it's everybody who's, everybody who's voting has seen Ware play, and to your point, Mike, they should have all voted him in after watching play the way he has. No, I'm, I'm with you now. A pair of wide receivers. Oh, yeah, Dwight Freeney. I don't, I don't have a beef with Dwight Freeney going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was a little bit of an offensive coordinator's nightmare. He always yeah. had to prepare for the way he played. What about Torrey Holt and Andre Johnson? Again, these are all people yeah. ahead of Darren Woodson in terms of Hall of Fame credentials. I do not care for either one of those. I'm not no. disparaging them as players. I just don't. I'm not buying. I'll tell you what, of... 
Holt, I'm surprised he I'm surprised Smith, if you want to talk about receivers, I'm surprised Smith is above Tory Holt. Tory yeah. Holt. But I I, I really you, like I really like Tory Holt. Who did you think was better, Isaac Bruce or Tory Holt? I thought Isaac Bruce was myself. I mean, I know that Isaac Bruce to me when you talk about uh, the way that he just was a glider, the way that he played uh, down the field. He was like, you know, he was just going up and getting the ball, high pointing it, route runner, securing the ball. All those things were so positive he about the, him. He caught the biggest catch in that Super Bowl. I mean, there yeah. was kind of a dry Super Bowl, and yeah. then Kurt Warner finds him deep. Yeah. This is another one that's crazy to me. There's a couple defensive players we'll get to. Reggie Wayne. There is no way in hell that Reggie Wayne is more of a Hall of Famer than Darren Woods. No, I don't think so. I think Reggie Wayne, another good player. I think Marvin Harrison on that team was a much better player. Yeah, absolutely. And then Jared Allen and Zach Thomas. Like As long as we're talking defense, Ooh. I know Thomas is kind of, it's in that era, just off yeah. a few years. How do we feel about Jared Allen and Zach Thomas versus... Jared Allen was kind of like your modern-day Bosa. You know, okay. Like, you know, he was like, the you know, when you look at the way, I mean, he was a, a guy that really... He could change the game with a pass rush. He was one of those guys. I mean, I always had a lot of respect for how he was able to play not only the you know the rush the passer, but he was a good run defender too. He, he had that length to him. He wasn't the biggest guy. He was really tall, kind of thin, but he had that kind of that rodeo mentality yeah. about the yes. way he played. And you know, and that and that toughness right there, I think, helped him along the way. And then I, Zach Thomas. I can live with that. He the is undersized, a hell of a player. Yeah, Zach Thomas is for a, for a short player makes every single tackle. You know, that's I mean, there's guys that we've had in history, like the Sam Mills and guys like that, that a little bit of a shorter player, but was always to the football. You evaluated him, I'm assuming, as a scout. Yeah, and it was just because of size and speed that he it was, fell. It was it was height. It was a lack of height that a lot of people. But I don't know. Like you say, in this day and age, he would have been a top pick. Just because, just because we've seen quarterbacks that are five nine get drafted first overall, there was a real. Uh, you talk about a bias. It's like you know size, speed. That was something that was always talked about in those war rooms in the nineties. Man, one of the uh, one of the things that I when I talk about Darren Woodson when I was talking with George Teague recently, yeah. he said, you know, one of the things was Darren would say, "I'm going to go make a play." George, you got this. Yeah, and then he'd go make a play, and yeah. that's the, that's what I like when I think of that. Guys that say, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go make a play right now. It's not in the defense for it to be called, but I'm about to go make this happen. Well, yeah, and I'm no, it. you're absolutely right. And that goes back to his days when he was at Arizona State and playing really as a linebacker, yeah. like 212 pounds and playing. So he he was very comfortable. Like re, I, I've never been around a player that reads the scheme, the offensive scheme, faster than what Woody did. He, he could see just by formation – what you were going to give him, and then he was going to be able, and then get everybody else in position. But then him realizing, okay, I got to go make a play here, and he was able to do that. And was Parcells was the one that walked up to Jimmy and was like, "Where'd you find this guy?" Where did oh he- no, that's yeah. I mean, Dave Campo deserves a lot of credit. Absolutely, Dave Campo was one because he was he was going to uh, who was the other corner? Felipe Sparks. Yeah, Felipe Sparks was at Arizona State at the time, and and Dave was down there. And Dave tells a great story about it. And, and he's absolutely right. They were looking at him in the second round there, and you know, 
basically Dave said, well, you're probably going to have to go a little early here. You're going to have to try. And, and you know, it worked out for them. But we loved him at Green Bay. We absolutely loved Darren Woodson at Green Bay when we were when we were there. He would have been the epitome of a Green Bay player, too, Kevin, and if he'd have been there. And that's what sucks about all this is I'm starting to resign myself to the fact that it's going to be a veterans committee or a well, revisiting kind of thing. That's the hope. Well, if you can't, that's the great thing about guys like Rick Goslin, who you know, lives here. And, yeah. and, and Rick has taken it upon himself to make sure that the guys like Rayfield Wright and Bob Hayes and other Cowboys that don't get their due by the committee, that the seniors committee, Rick Goslin carries a big stick in that room because he he's seen most all these guys play here you know, since the nineteen early 1970s. And Rick was Rick was a unique guy who I mean you you watch film because that's what you do. Right. Rick went to the Kansas City, he went yeah. to the, the, them and said, "Hey, I want to learn." And yeah. and so that he became more in tune with what's yeah. going on in the field. He was one of the first uh, and when I started in 92 with the with the Cowboys, there were seven guys that covered the combine full time. Seven guys. That was it. Now you have over 2000 people show up for the combine media-wise. Rick Goslin was one of the first. He took an interest in scouting well before anybody. Matter of fact, Rick Goslin is the reason why you drafted Demarcus Ware. Oh, he he, he talked to Jerry Jones. Thank you for the, that. The night Rick. before the draft, he he broke the tie between uh, Sean Merriman and Demarcus Ware. Rick was the one that did that. Kevin, we were using the stats yesterday, I believe, of Sean Merriman yeah. and like what his, a flame out. That he had a couple seasons where he had great oh, no. stats. We, we thought we were wrong. <laughs> Parcells was like the that you know when he had that first year at rookie year, we were all like, uh oh, did we just make a mistake <laughs> yeah. here? And then, and then yeah, yeah, it worked out okay. So I, we were talking about this earlier. Do you remember when the NFL boldly took away? the Thanksgiving game from the Cowboys for a couple of years to move it to St. Louis and how that failed. I, what years were those? 75 and 77. Okay, I was going to Cowboys games then because we had season tickets from 72 to 92. And I remember somebody asked me the other day, my 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 best memory of a Cowboy uh, Thanksgiving Day game was the Clint Longley game where he, you know, with the, they beat the, the well, at the time they were the Redskins. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. You know, whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah, I I don't remember those days of because I always remember going to a stadium and watching the Cowboys play. So for those two years, I didn't go. Yeah, did I? they they took okay. them away because they were like, let's make this work in St. Louis, and it didn't work. And yeah, it like, didn't work. Oh, never mind. My yeah. bad. Yeah, we're the KNC masterpiece right here on one hundred five three. The fan coming up next. Like we told you, we will have on ESPN senior writer and NBA genius Zach Lowe. Remember to go bid and donate one hundred five three thefan dot com slash peaceathon. All right, back on the KNC Masterpiece with NBA insider Zach Lowe. Zach, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Hope you guys are doing well. Well, we're doing good. The The Mavericks are off to kind of an inconsistent start. At times, they look like a team that played in the Western Conference Finals last year, and at other times, they look like a team that could struggle to make the play in. What are your thoughts so far on watching the Mavs? I think you just about summed it up, and I don't think that's surprising. When you have Luka Doncic, there are going to be a lot of nights where you look like you can make the conference finals again. He's that good. He's a one-man scheme destroyer. Any scheme you throw at him, he can figure out. And they are, I think, slightly better than their record, which is 9-7 and seven right now. Uh, on the other hand, you know, when Jalen Brunson left, their second-best ball handler, shot creator, left. They they didn't replace him with a perimeter shot creator, and so there are lots of nights, as you guys know, where it feels like it's the Luca show, and they don't they don't have a plan B, and that's just going to get exacerbated by 
this Jason Kidd, Christian Wood thing because he's the second or third best shot creator on the team, and clearly the coaches don't trust him to play big minutes right now. Zach, did they clearly read the Brunson situation wrong with that? Were they really too cavalier believing that ah, he's just going to sign back, that we have no issues here? I don't think they misread it at that time. I think they knew by then that he was a major flight risk. If they didn't, I mean, we knew he was, so that they did they did something wrong. But I think they did. I think when they misread it is waiting too long to offer that four year, fifty five million dollar extension, which was the most the most they could offer them. And there was a there was a universe and a time where he would have happily taken that, and they didn't offer it then. And by the time they offered it, he had clearly outplayed that contract, and it was too late. Um, and I do think it's fair to say they misplayed their hand with him in that sense. Zach, as we watch it, and you, you mentioned this just earlier, that you feel like that this team is a little bit better than what their record is. Can you identify the struggles against teams that are without their stars on the other end? I mean, they, they, the Mavs have been losing these games, and it seems like that you know, Yoke, it, others are out for their opponents, and, and they can't do anything with that. It's like they don't like any prosperity for their for their team this year. Yeah, I think one or two of those are on back-to-backs. And look, I, I get that as we, as fans sort of obsess over every game, and that's what fans do, that's what they should do. Like the Pistons beat the Nuggets in Denver last night without Cade Cunningham. Just Just weird stuff happens over the course of an NBA season. Now, if we get... 45 games into the season and there are three or four more losses like this and it's like well does this team care are they going to bring it every night i think it's it's fair to start having a a longer discussion about it but i i the regular season is such a grind i don't read too too much into like two or three individual losses like that nba insider zach Lowe joining us right now zach you mentioned christian wood and the jason kidd situation I know it's only 16 games into the season, but how do you see playing this out, that he finds his role on the Mavs or the Mavs are trying to move him before the trade deadline? I would say it's more likely the former just because I, I don't <clears throat> I don't know what kind of value he's going to have in the last year of a, a contract, although he is extension eligible, um, you know, midway through the season and to what team he's going to hold that value. So I think both sides have – incentives to sort of figure it out and figure out what his role should be, how much he should play, how much he should play as the only big man on the floor and just sort of let it fly and see how good these offense are, these lineups are offensively and how whether they can survive defensively. I think it's more likely the former. And then the Mavs got destroyed last year in the playoffs on rebounds. So they went out and got JaVale McGee to start and probably play about 15 minutes, the role that he had probably with the Lakers and Jason Kidd as an assistant coach. And really soon into the season, he pretty much lost his spot in the rotation. Very successful in Golden State, in L.A., last year in Phoenix. Why, why is he not successful in Dallas at all? Well, that's why I chuckled the other night when Jason Kidd said, you know, we have a lot of big men. Like there are just some nights where, you know, the minutes aren't going to be there for Christian. I'm like, all right, let's see what big men you have. Maxi Kleba might be the best of all of them other than Christian Wood. He's injured. Um, Dwight Powell and JaVale McGee have both been out of the rotation for portions of the season. So it's not like you have that many big men right now that are standing in Christian Wood's way of glorious playing time. But look, JaVale is JaVale. He's going to be a rim protector and a rim runner. And I, 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 he hasn't been great. I'm surprised how quickly he got sort of yanked out of the rotation. And, you know, he got reinserted the other night 
um, and played okay. I, 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 the way these things go, I mean, you've seen it with Dwight Powell. He's out of the rotation until he's not. I, I think JaVale will get more chances and look better in those chances. But to me, the ride-or-die big-man combination with this group is Kleba and Wood. And that group has been very good together when Luca's been on the floor, too. Zach, when you when you look at Jason Kidd as a coach, is his style the way that he manages his team conducive to how coaches need to be in the NBA? Or do you have to be more of a friend to these players and kind of manage the season, as you mentioned? I mean, I think it's a, that just depends on the players, the personalities on the team. Obviously, in Milwaukee, his style kind of wore thin both both schematically on the court and the way he interacted with some players off of it and in practice. I think by all accounts, he's kind of learned from that and softened a little bit. But he's always going to be Jason Kidd, man. He's prickly. He's tough. He wants to win. He was a genius player. He has super high expectations. He was a tough, physical, nasty player. He has super high expectations for that. And, you know, again, we're 16 games into the season, nine and seven. I, I didn't hear a lot of Mavericks fans complaining about Jason Kidd's coaching like four months ago when they were in the conference finals or whatever it was six months ago. So, Zach, when it comes to the West right now, and you talked about Denver, obviously, you know, losing a few games and, and stuff like that. Who do you really like in the Western Conference right now? I thought the top three in terms of when we get to the end who do I trust as potential championship contenders, teams that can realistically win three series in the Western Conference? I thought it was clearly in whatever order you want, Golden State, Clippers, Nuggets. And arguably all three of those teams, for various reasons, have sort of disappointed out of the gates here. And Phoenix has sort of emphatically said, yeah, we got injuries. we got a guy who's not on our team anymore, doesn't want to be here. We're still pretty damn good. Utah has started to fade a bit. Portland started to fade a bit. I think when it all comes out in the wash, those three are still going to be. Oh, dear. They have the best offense in the NBA. It's it's crazy how good. Still, I don't think they're a threat to, like, win the West, but certainly they've made the race for the top six a lot more interesting. Well, back to the Mavs in this scenario in the Western Conference, Zach. You have so much knowledge. What do you see the Mavs possibly being able to do to do to improve this team to maybe get into the conversation of a championship contender? I don't know that that happens this year. Um, you know, Tim McMahon and I—he was on my podcast last week. We joked about how they're they're that Dallas's team holding pattern. And I do think they're still searching for that second guy that is the ideal complement to Luka. They've done a great job kind of cobbling role players together around Luka, although a lot of those guys aren't shooting and playing well as they were as well as they were last year. I still think they want to search for what's the real co-star here. And as long as they have that pick hanging out to the Knicks, it's hard for them to go out and get that guy. Uh, it's hard for them to really compete on the trade market with some other teams who are searching for that same kind of player. So I think, you know, they'll certainly look for little incremental upgrades here and there. I think in terms of big stuff, this is going to be more or less the team. They always surprise you, so you never know, but I would bet on this being basically the team. Zach, if you talk about the perfect second guy to go with Luka, because Luka is on the ball so much, who would be a guy that you think would be a really nice second guy for the Dallas Mavericks? 
I get to pick anyone in the NBA or do well, I, I know realistic? maybe like Greek freak. Like, I I get, but like I'm just wondering, like maybe the type of player because uh, I feel like Luca has to get rid of the ball more, and the ball has to touch other people's hands. I think even Jason Kidd has kind of talked about the usage rate just being insane right now. I'm just wondering, is it like a a Brown for for Boston? Is it like what type of complimentary player would Dallas maybe be realistic in being able to get in the future? Well, I don't think they're going to get Jalen Brown right, out of Boston, that. but right. that but that is a, a wing who defends and shoots three shoots threes and can take some of the ball handling load. I mean, every team is trying to get that player. Um, kind of peak Paul George, I think yeah. somebody like that would be a, an, an ideal name. I'd also be interested in kind of going the other way and like, is there? A, a big man who's just an A plus defensive player and maybe a right now a B plus A minus offensive player who moves the ball, but he doesn't hold the ball. So like if you could find someone like Bam out of bio or what Evan Mobley is becoming, somebody more like that that you know, okay, if this guy's on the floor, we had a chance at having a top five defense and he's a decent to very good offensive player who moves the ball. So he's not going to really take it too much away from Luca, but you know, we're talking about players who are hard to find, obviously. Yeah, Zach, and, and uh, well, how if you if you're identifying these players, and I, I think you did an excellent job there of of describing the type of guy they need. If you're the Mavs, how far along? Again, we're really a little bit into the season. How long do you take to identify that? Hey, we absolutely have to go. Is it going to be all the way up to the trade deadline, or is that something they need to identify quicker? Oh, that that's, I mean, every organization is already having those conversations every single day. They've got a whiteboard somewhere of names or a document somewhere of names that they like and player types that they like. You know, it's just, as I said before, sort of a matter of when and with what assets and who are we competing with for players X, Y, and Z. Um, and it's it's more of that to me than, than them sort of, I think they know, probably what they would like to accomplish it's just how and when man zach we really appreciate your time and all the insight and hopefully we'll get to talk to you a little bit later in the season and have a happy thanksgiving yeah i may be headed down there i'll, I'll let you know if i if awesome. i get down to dallas but happy thanksgiving to you guys too it's a shame you have to work with mcmahon like you do <laughs> and uh, you've got your place uh in, in, in heaven for having to do that for sure <laughs> Oh, uh, Tim's the best. You guys know that. Cranky and cranky and curmudgeonly just like me. We're like two peas in a pod. All right. Well, you guys do a hell of a job. Thanks again, and happy holidays to you, sir. Thanks, guys. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.